0: Welcome to Procast. This is your host Josh McAdams with an interview recorded at O'Reilly's Open Source Conference 2006. This interview is with Stas Beckman and Philip Chiazon and focuses on ModPerl. Welcome to Procast. This is Josh McAdams. I'm here with Stas, Stas Beckman. He is a major contributor, if not the contributor to Pearl. I'm not sure he has the book on Pearl. He did the ModPerl wor- uh, World Tour. And I'm here with Gozer, and I think Gozer is also another heavy user and developer in Mod Perl. He's an active state employee. I uh, want to welcome these two to Procast. And Stas, would you mind telling us a little about yourself?
1: Oh, hi everybody. Um, I started using ModPerl in around '97. Was that '98? I was basically just a user uh, moving from CGI and trying to get the applications to run faster. And Somebody mentioned that there is this cool Mod thing that if you just run your applications under Mod Perl it gets uh, to run much, much faster. So I gave it a try and it worked for me. And then I was just sitting on the Mod, Mod mailing list and um, uh, watching Doug MacKayker, and the father of Mod Perl, the guy who designed and uh, did most of the writing for Mod Perl. Um, kind of answer all the questions and the mod pro list And he kind of kept answering the same questions again and again and again and day and night and day and night. So I said, well, I don't m- I don't know much about mod parole, but maybe I can help a bit and uh, try to, you know, kind of collect the, uh, the answers for Doug. And uh, so if somebody has the same question, I could just point them to the answer that Doug wrote, even though I didn't know the actual answers back then. So I started collecting those answers and after a while um, it became what was called a mini guide uh, which over time grew and became 600 something pages mini guide people still call it a mini guide and basically had almost pretty much anything you wanted to know about Mod Perl. and then I as I was using Mod and using it for my own projects, I started to get more and more excited about it and wanted to be able to contribute to the project and give back um, you know, from all the things that I received from Mod Perl and the Mod Perl community. So I started getting involved. I tried to get some patches sent to, to DAG. And uh, the main problem was that I couldn't uh, spend too much time doing that because I had several jobs that I was trying to make a living with and uh so basically i started looking for a company that will sponsor me working on what Pearl. that was around 2000 i think and it was actually a really bad time because everybody was looking for any kind of job and i said well i'm going to post the one per list this crazy question like will anybody sponsor me working on what pearl doing the open source development free t- uh, like full time it was are you crazy i mean just I'll be ready to do any job, you know, for any money, and like if you're doing that, so well, I'm gonna give it a try. I mean, if you don't try, you'll never, you know, never know if you get it. So I posted this question, and some people suggested some kind of ideas, and nothing happened. And a month later, uh, I received an email from Craig McLean from Ticketmaster, and say, hey, are you still interested in doing this thing that you're asking for? And I said, yes, I am. And here I am I got a contract for a year with Ticketmaster and uh, basically they told me, at the beginning they said, well, maybe we'll do some work for Ticketmaster and work part-time doing Mod But at the end, I ended up just working full-time doing Mod development, user support, running documentation, all, all the stuff, basically doing full-time Mod So when I, p- I did work for Ticketmaster, but I never worked for Ticketmaster, so I have people ask me questions about Ticketmaster. I don't know, don't ask me, I don't know what's happening inside. Um actually Craig McLean was amazing boss because I was still supposed to report every month what I've done and for the first year uh he was actually filing the reports for me. He would just follow the uh the commit logs and he would actually compile the reports for me and I so basically I like I was just and I, I could do whatever I wanted to do, so basically I concentrated on trying to make mod Perl the best experience for the users and just document and patch and uh, write tests and help Doug McIkern, who was still working uh, pretty much full time on ModPerl. Uh, not full time, he was working like part time, right? Yeah. Half time. Um, then uh, around 2002, Doug decided to move on and pursue other uh, interests in his life. And so I ended up being the lead developer of ModPerl. And I had Jeff Jeffrey Young and Philippe Chasson who um, kind of were helping a lot since probably 2000, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and and then, for my, to my surprise, Ticketmaster decided to extend my uh, contract for eight and as a year, and then for yet another year, and then for yet another like six months. So I ended up working almost for three and a half years uh in parallel around the year 2000 when the mini mod pro guide was kind of a very big mini guide uh we talked with o'reilly doug macaque proposed that we make it into a book and i approached tim o'reilly and they they liked the idea and we started off working on on the uh, book that eventually was called practical mod pearl and it, on, it only took three and a half years of work and it's, it's a like very uh, skinny book. It's only 900 something 50 pages. Um, so it's been a lot of work put into that book. And basically what we did is we took the, all the um, wisdom of the ModPro community posted to the ModPro list over um, six years or so and just compile it into very uh, nice and readable uh, tome um, that you can now enjoy from O'Reilly, I think it was published in two thousand four like in May two thousand four and um and actually uh later on uh, we started working on Modpro two, so Modpro one was based on the Apache one and Mod two was a complete rewrite uh, of the project and based on Apache two and the difference between Modpro one and Mod two is that Modpro one uh, provides you the uh, API Perl API access to the Apache server, besides the caching that you get for the Perl scripts that makes it run uh, really fast, you can actually access the heart of the Apache server.
0: After a brief interruption in the interview, Stas, Philippe, and I reconvened and picked up the discussion by focusing on the differences between Mod Perl 1 and Mod Pearl 2.
1: So, the difference between Mod Perl 1 and Mod Pearl 2 is that Mod Pearl 1 was uh, designed uh, to work with Apache 1, which was quite limited in what it could do, like it could only do HTTP processing and very limited API, whereas Apache 2 comes with a very rich API, which allows you to not only process HTTP, it also allows you to run your own protocol handler, so basically you can run uh, an FTP server, and POP server, an SMTP server on your uh, Apache, and... You could also uh, do filtering, like in kind of inbound and outbound filtering, uh, HTTP traffic, and any other protocol handlers that you implement. So basically, Mod Pro 2 provides you the access to all of these APIs, and you can do everything that you could do in C. Now uh, you can do it in Pro. Um, yeah, without the sac and developing it really fast and you know, delivering new applications very quickly and mod pro 2 was released in april 2005 right april or may 2005 like a year maybe a little bit over the year and in fact and actually mod pro 1 when was mod pro 1 was released it didn't have much documentation it actually took years to get the documentation complete uh, whereas mod pro 2 uh, was released with a complete set of documentations all the api documented and uh, pretty much complete user documentation so if you're thinking to start a Mod Pro project, uh, you can just go and learn all those things. And Jim Brandt and I are working on the uh, on a new book. Uh, it's called the Mod Pro User Guide. It's going to be self-published with his own Express and um, not really this time. And 50% of the proceedings are going to go to the Perl Foundation. So that hopefully more people will buy and contribute to the Perl Foundation and spread the world about Mod Pro. Um, yeah, so that's... A short history of...
0: A short history of. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and so, whenever... Uh, so, the other person here is Gozer, is how I introduced him, but uh, Felipe Ch- Chishon, I have completely butchered that, and he will correct it here in a second, is uh, he started the program, uh, the project, it seems like, in 2000, is what Stas had said, and so would you... I think you said 2000.
2: I'll, I'll correct that. Okay,
0: it will be corrected, and I could have
2: listened poorly, so give us a little bit of your history. All right. Hi, hi. So um, first, I guess I'll do the uh, the kind of standard. This is how to correctly pronounce my name. Uh, first pronunciation is Gozer, uh, but the other one is Philippe Chiasson, which is completely French. I'm from uh, Montreal, Quebec, Canada. So uh, I got a kind of a French background, but I speak English all the time now. Uh, so if I remember correctly, I actually discovered Maud Pearl pretty much the same way Stas did, and about I think it was around the same time, or very shortly after you. So it was the same thing, I was still in university, maybe college even, and I was just playing with CGI stuff and playing with Apache, and I actually, sadly, cannot even remember how I ran into Mod Perl. I don't think I wanted to get things to go faster, but I was just looking for something cool to play with. And I was playing with Perl all the time, so I just started using Mod Perl, joined the mailing list, Mod Perl back then even back then Mod Perl 1 was pretty much feature complete to some extent. So using it was a lot of fun, but there was tons of little bugs and the strange thing that I started doing a lot apart from joining the discussion on the mailing list and stuff was to just look at the features that existed and figure out a good excuse to use it. So I did all sorts of very strange things with very limited usefulness I guess, but I ended up finding all sorts of bugs and Discovering things that didn't make sense and I started contributing stuff. And uh, yeah, eventually ended up a committer on the project. Can't even remember how long ago.
1: Probably since two thousand, something like that. Yeah, probably <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, probably two thousand or something like that. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, it doesn't. So yeah, I got you know, I got to know Stars and Douglas, yeah. who was the leader of the project back then, Jeffrey Young, all these other guys. Oh, Eric, Cholet was Eric Cholet from France, who was a fellow Frenchman. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, even though he's from some other French-speaking country. And (coughs) and
1: Perrin Hawkins.
2: Yeah, Perrin Hawkins. So, yeah, eventually I um, finally found, uh, thanks to OSCON, actually, I managed to find my first job that had to do with a company in Montreal that was actually trying to do all sorts of stuff with ModPearl, and they didn't have anybody that really understood it. So I was kind of like a perfect match, and I spent uh, two or three years there where half of my work was trying to develop this commercial product we were trying to sell, but the other half was to either fix ModPerl to work for us or fix our stuff to work with ModPerl. so it was a lot of fun. Then eventually traveled around some, every single time, something related to ModPerl. Nothing as cool as getting sponsored by Ticketmaster to work on open source stuff full time, but I did end up being hired by Ticketmaster as well. Almost every single a uh, serious modperl developer is either working for ticketmaster or has worked for ticketmaster so they're a great shop for modperl stuff um yeah so i worked there on a lot of their modperl stuff uh eventually uh, we were m- most of us slowly stopped development on modperl 1 and kind of jumped on the modperl 2 thing uh it was a lot of work like stas was saying modperl 1 is so simple compared to modperl 2 because the api we're trying to expose is couple of order of magnitudes bigger almost. So there was a lot of work to do, some grunt work and then a lot of tricky problems to solve because Apache is one thing trying to solve a particular problem in a fairly innovative kind of way and Perl is exactly the same thing in a completely different way. And trying to get the two of them to exchange back and forth properly in a way that makes sense on both ends was actually very challenging. Um, and we spent a lot of time working on that. Three, four years?
1: About four years.
2: About four years. Um,
1: Doug started in the year 2000, I think the first. Like yeah, the first
2: like, check-in to the 2.033 was yeah it was around like 2000.
1: Yeah, OSCON 2000. That's yeah, when yeah, he he, yeah,
2: he unleashed it at yeah. OSCON. And, uh, yeah, and now I'm uh, working at ActiveState back in Canada. Uh, pretty far away from home, but it's still home. And uh, working on all their Pearl things, not doing as much mod Pearl stuff anymore, but uh, getting involved into a lot more Pearl stuff and BPM for those that know Active State and Active Perl. So that's it for me.
0: Who actually maintains mod Pearl and mod Pearl 2 now?
1: Uh, it's been maintained by community of mod Pearl and you know Jeffrey Young and Perrin Hurricanes and their new uh, people joining in. Like, uh, Phil Gallucci was a very great contributor, which was also... Qu-
2: uh, also uh, hired uh, by Ticketmaster. <laughs> by
1: Ticketmaster. And, yeah, we just, you know, it's all about doing uh, some contribution for a while and then moving on to something else and uh, letting other people come in and help.
2: Yeah. And, and like, so ModProl is an ASF project, so mm-hmm. we're under the ASF umbrella, and we work with their framework, so... Um, So there's a thing called the PMC, which is the Project Management Committee. Every Apache project has a PMC, which is constituted usually of a subset of all the people that have commit access, and they're responsible for the kind of technical direction and leadership of the project. So even though I might not be actively contributing code much anymore and Stas might not be anymore, most of us are still members of the PMC, so we at least spend the time to oversee the more kind of project direction questions and things like that. And I mean all of us are also on the dev list and you know, whenever we can we you know we figure we all have areas of expertise. There's bits we know better. So ModPro two is pretty is still pretty actively developed, mostly bug fixes and things like that, with releases fairly frequently. ModPro one, I'm technically the maintainer of ModPro one, even though we haven't made a ModPro one release in well over a year, I think.
1: And the reason is that we don't have enough tests in Mod Pro 1, so any changes in Mod Pro 1 are really it's scary. very scary. So we just don't want to apply any patches, whereas yeah. Mod Pro 2 is the opposite example. We have probably several thousands yeah, of tests. Yeah, we have several. We have a unit test full suite. Coverage.
2: Yeah, we have a unit test suite in Mod Pro 2 of thousands of tests, and there's very few code changes that go in that don't have at least some sort of test case that right. comes with it. Mod Pro 1 has a total of ten tests. no, like well, maybe ten, two, files. Ten, 10 test files and like two 300 tests. So even though there's like known bugs and things that I should get around to fixing, it's, it, yeah, like Stas said, it's, it's kind of scary, yeah. especially okay. since there's still a lot of people that run Mod Pro 1 and consider it great because it's proven, stable, doesn't change. It's not a moving target, so yeah. it's a little bit trickier. So
1: Josh was wondering uh, wha- why, what would be the reason for people to move to Mod Pro 2. And basically you don't need to move to Mod Perl 2 other than if you want to use new features that Mod Pro 2 provides and of course the support. Because at some point Apache 1 is not going to support it anymore and there is a risk that you won't be able to even compile Apache. So in compiling of GCC will move on you'll have to use some really old architecture. And all the new features that Mod Pro comes with, uh, they're really useful. All the new protocols. So, I'll give you an example uh, the company I work in uh, at the moment, the uh, male channels uh, in Vancouver, a sister company of the female channels. I'm just kidding, it's the M-A-I-L, not the M-A-L-L-E. <laughs> um, like we write uh, anti spam software using mod perl we actually implemented the smtp protocol over uh, over uh, apache2 mod perl2 and it works really well so basically you can expand uh, things that you have and use like really stable platform to do many many things that you couldn't do before so that could be a reason to use mod perl
2: yeah i can think of a couple of other reasons to use mod perl2 uh, for the people that are brave enough to run things on the windows platform uh, Mod Pro 1 and Apache 1 have serious problems on Windows as, uh, as opposed to Mod Perl 2 and Apache 2 that are much better on that platform. Um, I don't run it myself, but uh, I've heard people do that. Uh, another good reason that I can think of is most modern distros nowadays, like Red Hat and SUSE and Debian and all these guys, they've actually upped to Mod Perl 2 in most cases. So for people that are just starting Mod Perl based things, usually they actually have it already or they just one command line away, apt-get or something like that, and it comes with Mod Perl too. 2, so that's, you know, if you're gonna start from scratch, you might as well pick Mod Perl 2. There's no I reason to pick Mod i I've Perl also heard that. that
1: people who are on some pr- uh, very big production servers, they actually report that they get much better performance with
0: Mod 2. Yeah. So it could be quite significant reason as well. As far as the effort that would be involved in trying to port a Mod Perl 1 application to Mod Perl 2, is it a fairly straightforward movement or is a lot of work going to be involved for people?
2: Um, there's a, it actually really depends. I mean, Mod Perl is a relatively big, I don't want to call it a beast, but it's a big thing. You can do a lot of different things with it. So if you use it like a lot of people use it at first as just a CGI accelerating module moving from C- Mod Perl 1 to Mod Perl 2, there's nothing to do. You just move your things around, and it just will most likely work again. The problem comes with all the Apache API that we expose to the Perl world. So if you're using that, well, when you're moving from Mod Pro 1 to Mod Pro 2, you're moving from the Apache 1 API to the Apache 2 API. So that can be you know, some significant amount of porting. Uh, It's usually not difficult. It can just be time-consuming. And we also wrote, uh, what's it called? Compat. Yeah, we have a compatibility layer that's there that you can load that will try as much as possible to preserve all the old APIs and implement them in terms of the new APIs. Uh, And we also have, uh, what's it called? Uh, Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, o- so...
1: The that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I uh, yeah. yeah, can't remember.
1: Well, the, the, the main reason is that uh, the reason we try to make your lives hard moving from Mod Pro 1 to Mod Pro 2 is, has nothing to do with us It's because Apache changed the C APIs completely. In certain uh, ways, we couldn't backport them to be the same, and because we want to make sure that if you have to write some models in C, you'll use the same API, so you won't have to learn two different API sets. So we had to adhere to the uh, new API, and that's why you kind of have to go through the changes. Yeah, that's true.
0: You uh, you said that the book that you're putting out is going to be published by Onyx Press, which I think is Allison Randall's new publishing house. And I think this will be the first book that comes out of that place. Uh, would you tell us a little bit about how you made that deal about what this press is about? Do you know?
1: <laughs> um, Actually, I don't know much about On express other than alison uh, I approached alison asking whether we can publish a second edition of the Practical ModPerl to include, uh, you know, the information about ModPerl two, um, because like all the API changes. And Allison talked to Tim O'Reilly, and apparently Tim O'Reilly doesn't seem to be interested in each project anymore. Um so Alison said why don't we just publish it with my company I said sure well we just want to give it to our community to our users to use I don't care if it's O'Reilly or Onyx or anybody else and I basically um this book is going to be based again on the online documentation that uh, our team wrote over the last four years and again it's just going to be polished and made it made really uh, easy and to read and useful and yeah that's pretty much all i know about onyx uh-huh. uh publish Just oh one yeah one. and so basically jim uh at the beginning Alison started doing all the editing work and then uh jim brandt uh took over so at the moment i understand jim brandt is the co-author and not Alison. so but i don't know it's it's ongoing project we'll see when when it gets published
0: so I've very rarely written a Mod Perl app, like only whenever it's gonna require a lot of speed or have a lot of users or something. When when would somebody know that, that a basic CGI is not enough and they need to write something in Mod Perl or should you just automatically start out with that in mind? I mean, it seems like a little, a lot of effort compared to writing a normal CGI.
2: Hmm. Is, a, is there like a gauge somewhere? Um. I have to say that it's, yeah, a lot of people might have the impression that it's much harder and everything, but it usually or often makes things simpler. Hmm. Um, What I'd be looking for, I think the first thing that you'd have to look into and at least get a vague understanding of how it works is the Apache request cycle. So Apache, whenever it's processing a request, it goes through a cycle of 12, 11 phases. (laughs) Like, you know, it reads the request, it parses the headers, and it decides what the, where the file is on disk. And it, it does all these different phases. And ModPerl, the basic ModPerl programming ideas, is to basically hook into these different, these different points into the request. Um, and when you write a CGI or something like that, you're actually always running off the same phase, which is a content generation phase. So you get to generate content. That's all you get to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in a lot of cases, if you're trying to do strange things in your CGI or in your, you know, yeah, your CGI scripts and you're doing strange things like you're, for example, you're, you're logging what you're doing to some log file somewhere and you're kind of wondering, like, this is a bit silly. I already have the Apache log. Why, why do I have to log somewhere else? Why do I have to bother, like, opening a file and writing to it and all these things when, you know, it would seem that Apache would be able to do that for me. So then you look it up a little and you discover that there is. A logging phase built into the apache request cycle that actually happens after the client connection has been closed but before the apache children is servicing another request so if you need to log specific stuff you can just move that logic into something that happens specifically at the logging phase and then you get access to all the nice logging stuff
1: and even more important the first phases like authentication yes. authorization and access where uh, normally you would use standard apache models to do the work what if what they provide does not work for you. If you want to do some custom authentication uh, models, then you either have to go and uh, change the C code, which most people can't.
2: That's a great great example. So for instance, let's say you're using uh, mod access to control access to your web server, which you kind of say only allow people from this IP or this network. It happens really early on in the request phase, which allows you to block people before you start doing anything really expensive and then just move on, so you save on a lot of resources. If you do that logic in your CGI script, you're doing it way later. The CGI script has already already been started, it's already consumed a lot of RAM, and then you decide to you know kick the user away. you've already wasted a lot of resources. So if you wanted to block users based on you know phases of the moon or something like that, you just get the Cpan package, I'm sure that calculate phases of the moon, you implement a very small access checker in Perl, which is the probably like a three-line subroutine, you just return okay or denied, and that's that. Yeah, well, so another
1: example would be like header manipulation where you want to rewrite headers, but you don't want to use the cryptic rewrite syntax oh like yeah. it your own way, yeah. and For many, people. many other things. I mean, it just opens up your, um, you know, the amount of things that you can do just incredibly. So you just, you're, you have a much bigger toolkit. Yep,
2: and, and one thing I like about it a lot too is that often you have so much logic in a given CGI script like it's doing so many different things it's doing authentication access control it's doing it's doing all these things and it's all jammed into this one monolithic thing with mod perl if you use the request phases property you can actually kind of d- sprinkle your logic where it belongs and then turning one thing on or off or altering one thing or another you don't have to modify everything else. Much more so modular. Yeah, much more modular. You can put your logic kind of where it really belongs.
1: And in fact, you can mix and match uh, other languages as well. Like you can write one phase implemented in PHP, another in Perl, and the rest in Python. And like you, so whatever your programmers can do, I mean, you can utilize their their knowledge and all have it all working for you.
2: Yeah.
0: So it sounds like you guys recommend anybody starting from scratch to use Mod Perl 2 because there's no excuse to still use Mod Perl 1. So the book is until, still not out yet. The pl- best place for people to go
2: get information on programming Mod Perl
0: 2?
1: The online documentation.
2: Yeah, is that's the sure. Mod Perl website. It's at uh, HTTP colon slash dash org. Um, it's got all the documentation, user guides, API documentation, even developer documentation, developer documentation, documentation, how to build the thing, how to develop it. If you want to help us, how to submit patches. It's all there, and some more.
1: And you can actually download this documentation with SVN and build your own modpro uh, site. I mean, on the, on the your own modpro documentation site, so you can have it offline and it's all interlinked and yeah. Well, w-
0: what do you need the most help with now? Would it be development on Mod Perl, just people using it, trying to find bugs? Is there anything that the community could, community could do to help?
1: Uh, yeah, there always needs uh, to to have more help on the users list, like the Mod Perl, where people ask questions and most of these questions are not very hard to answer. So basically just you know, jump in and if you see a question that you can give an answer don't wait for pairing and other uh, folks to answer right away because we would rather have time answer hard questions mm-hmm. so if you can answer the easy questions just answer them right away
2: yeah and in a lot of cases the answer to a lot of the question are like um, just go to the section thirteen of the documentation at the question number four. There's a code snippet that does exactly well, what you're trying to do. Direct link. There, yeah, with so a direct yeah. link. With a direct link. Basically, helping
1: people to find information and. On,
2: and yeah, on the dev side of things, it's always the same story. I mean, the more people that use it in funny ways or you know do strange things with it, report problems. Uh, I think over the years, we've been really good at educating our users and helping people submit better bug reports, but that's always something that can be improved, I mean, to get people to, you know, it's, it's actually surprisingly easy for someone that encounters a bug, a bug with Mod Perl to actually submit, instead of a bug description, a test case. Which makes the lives of developers so much easier. Yeah, that's very helpful. And and I mean sometimes there's people on the mailing list that wanna help and they're you know, maybe they don't consider themselves technically good enough or they're, you know, a bit worried or something. In a lot of cases we have people that a person reports a bug, someone else just helps understand the bug and actually write the test case. And then, you know, it makes it so much easier for us that have, you know, other jobs and you know limited amount of time to fix problems.
1: Yeah, and basically we have very friendly community so it's yes. it's really easy to jump in and start answering questions and trying to help because there's so many things you can do. You can go and tweak the documentation, you can go and add some tasks, you can do there's so many little tasks that overall improve the the experience of, you know, many many people.
2: Yeah, and the project itself, uh, we have like a to-do directory in there where we basically maintain the list of every single thing that needs to get done. Some of it can be the simplest little things of renaming certain stuff or documentation this or, you know, we need a better test case or example for that to the really nasty segfault thingies under certain circumstances that we can't reproduce or whatever. So, it's also a really good place to look at, you know, if someone is looking for something to do. It's a great place to look at, you know, little piecemeal things that can be done. Yeah.
1: Well, the the other things we are really interested in is your success stories. Oh and yeah. The, if you have a parole site that you're running in production and you see um, it working really well, send a success story. Want to share it with the rest of the world because at the at the moment, like as you know, parole doesn't do any marketing. It's all viral, and if you don't post those success stories, people think that pro is dead. As I've heard some people are saying. And I have
2: I have another one. If you use ModPerl, make sure that you advertise it in your server header. Yeah. Because people like Netcraft and stuff won't know about ModPerl or won't get accurate ModPerl numbers when you don't advertise it. And a lot of people we know they run ModPerl, they're out there. I know companies, I won't name them, but I know big ass companies that run huge ModPerl clusters and stuff, and they don't advertise it in their server header.
1: So everybody PHP, thinks that PHP is... Yeah,
2: exactly. When you use PHP, you always get this uh, X powered by PHP header that's always there. And we don't do that. Uh, I've actually submitted a patch to do X powered no, by Mod Perl,
1: we don't think we need to do but that.
2: No, we don't think we really need to do that. I was delusional when I did that. But uh, yeah, that, that's a very simple way. Like, If your company is using Mod Perl, ask your bosses how come you don't have a success story on the Mod Perl site or if you do have one, hey, check your server headers Are you're actually exposing that you are. You don't have to show the version number or anything. You can just say apache ModPerl, and, and, and that costs nothing, okay. oh, a few more bytes of bandwidth maybe. But
0: Is there a, I don't know enough about ModPerl to know how to do that easily. Is that really oh, easy for somebody uh,
2: to do? It's actually an Apache thing. Mm-hmm. So Apache module have an API where they can register like their ID string to Apache. So you can, you just say, hey, I'm a module and my name is ModPerl, and my version is this. Yeah. And then in your httpd.conf, your Apache config file, you now have a directive that's called server tokens and you get to pick, so you can say like off and then <coughs> Apache doesn't even advertise that it's Apache, you have like three levels, another one it will basically say I'm Apache and nothing else, mm-hmm. and then the highest level will say I'm Apache, this version on this platform with all these modules at these exact version numbers. So. A lot of people don't want to expose that much information about exactly what they're running for security reasons. You don't want people to know exactly what version of what you're running because then they could target a particular exploit. But usually just list inventory, uh, you know, providing an inventory of what you're you know, powered by, mm. that's fairly safe.
1: And if you can't figure it out, just email the ModPro oh, mailing well, yeah, list. People will and tell you how to pull. do it. So it's if you're not sure how to find the ModPro mailing list, just go to perl.apache.org and click on the user mailing list and subscribe to the mailing list and just post. Do not be afraid to post.
2: Absolutely, we're we're really, really friendly. Cool. Or we try to.
0: Try to be. <laughs> One thing that I didn't touch on that I meant to is you did a world tour a year or so, maybe more ago. Were yeah. you last uh, summer? Was that on Ticketmaster? Uh, Can you tell us about that? And is there a Mod Pearl 2 world tour? Or was that what that was?
1: Um, Yeah, it was a Mod Pearl 2. No, it wasn't Ticketmaster. I kind of did it on my own. And I was was very lucky to be uh, hosted by quite a few folks around the world. And they just either put me in their house or they paid for my hotel in, like, Europe and Australia and Asia and in the United States and Israel. And I think I gave... Surely, like about 14 or 15 ModPro tutorials over two and a half months uh doing a full circle around the world including including the oscon in 2007 it was a, an amazing experience and i d- the tutorial um, was like designed for oscon like about three four hours usually my three hours tutorial is always four hours tutorial but actually it's i was i was um the in, Mont- in montreal uh the uh the guys were just uh, nuts. They just sat in my tutorial without leaving for four and a half hours. Wow. They they just didn't leave for any break. They just sat there and asked really interesting questions and it was it was just an amazing experience of going around the world, uh, teaching about mod Perl two and getting all those people excited and seeing like the light goes go on going on in their you know eyes just flashing and like wow I can do so many things. It's amazing. Uh, so it was, it was an amazing experience, and I'm, I'm very grateful to all the people who uh, hosted me, and it was just amazing. I highly recommend you to do the Around the World Tour and see the world and help other people. So it was was very good.
2: 30,000 air miles or something like that? Uh, yeah, 30,000 air miles. Wow. Amazing.
0: Well, that's everything that I have. Uh, we'll leave it to you guys to do any parting thoughts or any comments you'd like to make about Mod Pearl, Pearl, whatever. Your time.
1: I uh, paul just like to thank the ModPro community and especially the Perl community. Um, the Perl, P- Perl 5 uh, Porter's mailing list was really, really helpful to us. They always consider us the first priority and they wouldn't release a new version of Perl even if it didn't compile, if ModPro will not compile with it. Uh, Rafael and Nicholas and Arthur and all the other guys, they're just really, really helpful. So thank you, everybody. And of course, all the ModPro users were there and helped us a lot everybody gave a bit and helped here and there it's, it's all it's it's a community project even though there are just a few of us who do or did the majority of the work it's still a community project if not for all these people what probably wouldn't be
2: where it wa- where it is now um yeah definitely the users the community is there um and just to keep in mind that really mod perl allows you to like bring in the power of all the perl community and cpan and every single cpan module into your apache web server it just opens so many possibilities uh, it's such a very common experience for people to start using mod perl because of the cgi acceleration and then they ask a few things on the users mailing list and then they kind of go oh my god all the stuff i can do now why didn't i learn about this before so yeah if you don't know about Mod Perl or whatever, my biggest thought would be just give it a shot if you're doing anything dynamically with Perl that involves Apache web server, just give it a shot and we we'll, uh, we're always happy to help
1: yeah and and if you're new to the uh, Mod Perl community open source community it's uh, you really need to experience this it's you really need to experience the moment where you help somebody and you got the answer back that you saved my ass from being fired oh yeah,
2: that is just so, or or the kind of like I've been working on this thing for a couple of months and I'm trying to squeeze some speed out of this thing and I get 1% here and 2% there. And then, you know, I just saw whoever's talk about Mod Perl and I figured I'd just give it a shot and like all my stuff is like 60 times faster. I can actually not work now. Yeah. So that's always hilarious. Just, just really give it fun. a try,
1: help other people and it's an amazing experience it's and all it's, about sharing.
2: Yeah. and Mod it's guaranteed won't make your life any harder.
0: <laughs> it might make it better. It just might. Thanks again to Stas and Philip, and thank you for listening to Pearlcast. Be sure to check out Mod Pearl and see how it can help you really master developing Pearl on Apache.